welcome to the Sports Carnage Podcast, presented by Detroit Sports Nation, featuring Paul Roshan, A.J. Riley, Ryan Griffin, and Matthew Bassett, bringing you the most arrogant takes on the planet straight to your ears. We don't promise to always be right, but we promise to act like we are. What's up, y'all? Usual cast and crew. Paul Roshan, AJ Riley, Ryan Griffin. I'm Matt Basson. Welcome to Sports Carnage. Uh, we getting lap danced by Major League Baseball. They teasing us, telling us we're gonna have it, then we're not gonna have it. We <laughs> oh, might I be getting that. that was like, good. That was really we might good. be we might be getting lap danced by the NBA because they're telling us we're gonna have no. it. But now the players are saying some of them they don't want to play. They don't want to deal with COVID. They think it takes away from the protests. I don't, that one I'm not sure about. But we have no idea what we got coming. So. We do got games. That's all we got for you. We got more games, more sports. <laughs> We're waiting on sports to come back to our world. So, without further ado, let's jump it off with... Who in the blue hell are you? Who the hell are you? So, Woo! Ryan, dive right into it. <clears throat> Troy Weaver. <laughs> no. So. Damn. Your man's... Future NBA champion, Troy Weaver. Your man's is an NBA champion. He's also a two-time all-defensive member... And a member of the all-rookie squad. He is a two-time champ. And he has played with Pau Gasol, T-Mac, and D-Wade. Pau Gasol, T-Mac, D-Wade. He said he is two-time two-time champ. Is that two-time it? Two-time champ. Because I know all-rookie. Two-time all-defense. All-defense. Yeah, two-time all-defensive member. And all Pau Gasol, Tracy McGrady, Dwayne Wade. You could have played with them there. When would he have played with T-Mac, though? He played play with Wade, definitely. Shane Battier? Yes, sir. Hey. Who Nicely was it? done. Shane Battier. Shane Battier. Played with Pau uh, Gasol. When did he play with T-Mac? In Memphis in 01, 02, and other years. Tracy McGrady, when I he joined I the Rockets in 06, 07. I feel stupid ass. And he won his okay, two championships is. as part of the... The Heatles down there in South Beach. Wow. Good pull. I always feel dumb asking when did he play with them because Matt always, like, right after, he's like, you play with him here and here and here. I was kind of wild. Like, good pull, man. His rookie year was, like, his best. Yeah. Shane Battier came out really strong, but offensively, at least, he did. Detroit Country Day, right? Uh, Is Shane uh, Country Day? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, he is. He's definitely Detroit. Yeah. Country Day's tuition is like more than god dang the University of Michigan's. Yeah, Shane panned out defensively. Offensively, a little bit of a letdown compared to what we saw at Duke. A little bit of 3 and D his last couple years. Well, yeah. But I don't. De- developed a nice so little he jumper. Could from the always he always had that weird form shooting the basketball. But he too, shot it he well. He could yeah, always yeah. shoot the three. Yeah. He never shot the three bad. Yeah, if, Ever. If, if, you, if you get it in, it doesn't really matter. No, right. Yeah, that's right. the right. thing. Like, he yeah. always uh, shot Marion. the ball well. Like, yeah, Sean Marion. God. Yeah. weird, man. Weirdest shot that actually went. So in. like I, this is a off track. Sean Marion was so good. Yeah, he was. He's like top. I mean, I want to say he's like Baddie, top six Baddie in MVP like voting in a couple years. It's like very mediocre free throw shooting, but pretty solid three point shooting. Yeah. Well, LeBron didn't really develop a, a real until decent three later. Shot yeah. Until like until he returned to Cleveland. I know no, that's, that's off on no, the tangent. No, he developed a three point shot, Miami. He had he had a couple well, he had a couple percent? months of shooting 40 50 90 during Miami's huge win streak. Yeah, but he months, just though. needed uh, Ray Allen to bail him out. 
Will you? So that why to, you try today, to the 18th, the day we're recording, is actually the uh, the anniversary of that. This is bullshit. <laughs> I mean, it's true though. All right. And they they were showing it earlier and how all the Heat fans left when they were down five with like twenty. Did they beat that year? Was that the Mavs or the Spurs? No, they beat the no. They they got smacked around by the Mavs. They beat the Spurs. No, they lost to the Spurs. And then got smacked around by the Spurs, but they beat them first. Yeah. With Tim Duncan off the floor, pop, my my man, what are you doing? Nah, those 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 Heatles are damn lucky. Tony Parker had a quad or hamstring injury. They'd have been one and three. You, you know it's underrated is Kawhi Leonard missed a free throw, so it was 92 to 95. Or no, he he missed a free throw instead of 92 to 96. It was 92 to 95, which allowed obviously a three pointer to mm-hmm. tie. Him. Come on, Kawhi, what are you doing? Gotta hit All right, free throws, man. Senator Roshan, hey, your man, five five time Pro Bowler, one time All Pro. Won himself a championship. And he played with Terrell Owens, Michael Crabtree, and Russell Wilson. Do you? So, like, what gets me is I wasn't listening to the accolades. I heard, what, five-time All-Pro? Five-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro. Pro Bowl. Gotcha. And won, and, and won himself a championship. Russell Wilson, you said? Uh, T.O., Crabtree, Russell Wilson. They did not. Oh, my God. They might have. Oh, I'm pretty sure I got it. But AJ said he got it first, so Paul doesn't. I'm going to let AJ steal. My guess is wrong. My guess is wrong. Oh, wait a second. Are you sure? Paul, you got... I think I know it. You got 10 seconds. Five, four, good. three, two, one. Need an answer. Um, Vernon. No. No. Hold on. No, you don't get to hold on. You need an answer. Three, two, one. I didn't hear nothing. Anyone else hear anything? Mm-mm. This man's out I of time. All right, AJ, steal it. I have a terrible guess, and I was going to say Jeff Garcia. No, Ryan. Is that Marshawn Lynch? Yes, sir. Hey. Easy. Nice. T.O. in Buffalo, right? T.O. in Buffalo in 09. And then, then, then Crabtree with Oakland. Oakland. And he came yep. back oh and played God. for the Raiders. Yeah. God dang Good it, pull. man. That one should have been easy. That threw me off so much. That's the idea. T.O. was the hardest one for me because <laughs> yeah, I was like, there was no way. Like, like I'm not going to tell you. Measure. Yeah, he played with Russell Wilson and, and the Legion of Boom. And uh... <laughs> and he's just here so he won't get fined. And Golden, and Golden Tate. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking it might have been, been a defensive player. And I was like, eh. Not, I... Yeah. I mean, I, I can see why you would go that route, but. I just the 49ers squad had some good fucking. Yeah. I thought maybe one of them went to the Seahawks late in his career. I don't know. All right, AJ. Ryan, nice deal. Yeah, yeah. I just blocked out those Oakland Marshawn years from my memory bank. <laughs> All right, AJ. I also your didn't man's... know he was ever an All Pro. Your man's 
is a five-time All-Star, a four-time Silver Slugger, a three-time Gold Glover, and he also run himself the Rookie of the Year. And he played with the Birdman, Mark Fidrich, David Wells, and Cecil Fielder. I know all of those players. Say, this is usually where you lose me. I don't have a guess, but... (laughs) I have a guess. Lou Whitaker. Yes, sir. I was going to give you the championship guess. As quick. But so quick. Yes, played with the Birdman in 78. They were all Tigers when they played with him. Yep. I did not remember David Wells being a Tiger until I did this. I just remember David Wells being fat, fat and bald with a goatee. I, I uh, literally yeah. almost said that as soon as I was going to guess as soon as you said um, Cecil Fielder. Yeah. But then I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Don't well, need to stress. We got done. big Cess. All right, Ryan. God, I suck today. Man. Oh, man. That's... Whew, it didn't land. Your man's is a 10-time, 10-time All-Star. Damn. Two-time All-NBA. And won himself a championship or two. And he played with... What do you Skip... mean, or two? <laughs> Skip to my Lou, Rafer Alston. The you man that won Michigan State its most recent national championship, Mateen Cleaves. And the so-called truth, Paul Pierce. Grant Hill? Was that? The Grant Hill? Did you say Grant Hill? I did say Grant Hill. No. Oh. Damn, that was a quick guess. It was. Well, I, I know him. I know he was on the Clippers Who are like, the three later, players? and I thought him and Paul Pierce played together. On the Ray Alston, a.k.a. Skip to my loop, Mateen Cleaves, and Paul Pierce. Ryan, since that was so fast, I'm going to give you another 30 seconds, I think. I don't know any 10-time All-Stars that played with uh, Ten-time All-Stars. Two-time All-NBA. Two-year career. Won a couple titles. Oh, Wallace? I think I know. No, he didn't win two titles. I think I know it. Nope. Oh, but it, no, this is a stupid guess. No, my second guess was wrong too. I said Rashid. All right, Ryan, ten seconds. No, I I, I said Rashid as my second guess. Oh, and, uh, no, it was wrong because he did not win two titles. Anyone want to try and steal, Paul, AJ, Kevin Garnett? I do want to try to steal, but it's gonna be wrong. I'm gonna be really annoyed. Um, I'm gonna. Did say, you hear me? I'm gonna. No, what'd you say, AJ? Kevin Garnett. No. I'm going to say David Robinson. Negatory. You, that was I say, we, we, I say we already David. had a David Robinson one, and if he double dipped. Was, David Robinson did I'm not left Paul Pierce. David Robinson is a spur his entire life. It's not Kevin Durant. <laughs> no. No, he didn't play with it. It's Ray Allen. <laughs> Ray Allen play and Ray for Alston oh, played together they, in Milwaukee. I thought it was wrong. On only on the Pistons. You're wrong. What? You're wrong. I'm not wrong. Oh, no. Why did I think Ray Allen had like 13 All-Stars, dude? Played with Mateen Cleaves in Seattle in 05-06. And we all know when he was I thought he was only a Piston. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Well. Tell me I'm wrong. Then Rashid wouldn't have made sense. That was a bad guess. I thought Ray Allen had way more All-Star appearances. That was a a bad guess. He played for like 40 years. Uh, Yeah, he played in the West after leaving Milwaukee for Seattle. And there's a man named Kobe Bryant 
who's playing in the West at shooting guard? I, I think you probably could have given me 10 guesses I wouldn't have guessed Ray Allen. Because I was so stuck on Mateen as a piston. And mm-hmm. like, Rashid was a bad guess because him and Rashid weren't even like close to, to meshing um, in those years. So, that, so like, that was a bad guess on my part. But yeah, no, I, I wouldn't have guessed Ray Allen. It's a good one, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, Paul. I was trying to think. I... Wait, is uh, is Ryan over two on his guesses tonight? No, I got uh, no, I got, got the Shane first Batty. one, Shane Battier, yeah, and then I stole Paul. So I'm about I was to trying to keep two. score in my head. And then I stole Marshawn Lynch. Don't forget that. Yeah, so you yeah, still like counts. One, one and, and a half. One and a half. It's a one. Garbage. All right. Paul. That's what they got to do when you're in the lead too much. I feel like an NBA team that's in the AC right now. Your man has been catching Zion in so many passes that he's made it to three Pro Bowls while catching passes from Donovan McNabb, Kirk Cousins, and Jameis Winston. Oh, I think I, I got it. I don't know that this dude made three Pro Bowls off. I know. Three-time Pro Bowler, McNabb, Cousins, Winston. Deshaun Jackson? Yes, sir. Dang it. I was going to steal that one. I honestly – so do you know what – so that was literally the very – that came to mind right away. But you know what I was scared about? Hmm. He only made three Pro Bowls. Yep, he's been injured a lot. I felt he was man don't stay healthy. Yeah, he he has been injured a lot. But, yeah, that was – so my guess actually wasn't even Deshaun Jackson. My guess was Pierre Garçon. And I was like, I don't think he's made three Pro Bowls. <laughs> but I thought he yeah. might have caught Kirk in a, in a Washington like year. Like, Deshaun and was in, a Washington in my mind, but I was worried about the Pro Bowls, man. Yeah, Deshaun jumped on at the end of McNabb's career in 08 with Philly. Joined Kirk Cousins in Washington for a year or two. And, I, and then made his way down to Tampa Bay for a little bit. All right. AJ. Your man's the three-time All-Star, a one-time ALCS MVP. The man placed second in the Cy Young voting his sophomore year in the pros. And he also won himself five World Series championships. And he's played with A-Rod, Roger Clemens, and Jeff Bagwell. I feel like I've guessed this player yeah. before, but maybe not because it's like one of only two <laughs> two dudes that I know. Give me Andy Pettit. Yes. Oh, that's so, the one we can guess, you bitch. Didn't know it. Did not know it. And we all know, obviously, won his championship. A Rod won the championship along with Andy, Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit went with Roger Clemens down to Houston for a couple years, where he obviously played with Jeff, Bad- Jeff Bagwell as well. All right, Paul. It's so stupid that you hear, Ryan. you hear five-time title winner, and you know it's a fucking Yankee. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. Like uh, yep. You always know it's a Yankee. I don't you know it's a beep. Been that many? That many? All right, Ryan. Give the them man, man. This man, the ten-time All-Star, four-time All-NBA member, won himself a championship. And he's played with Rasheed Wallace, Shaquille O'Neal, and Deron Williams. 
Oh, dear, I'm going to use my man. Oh, Did you say another 10-time All-Star? Are we doing this again? Another 10-time Yeah, he, he wants to run it back. Wait, give me your other... Because if, if you pulled this shit, I'm going to be mad. Give me your other... Uh... <laughs> what? My yeah. other hand? No. Um, Where are the three players? A, he played with Shaq. He played with Darren Williams. And Rasheed Wallace. Ten-time All-Star. Was it four-time All-NBA? Four-time All-NBA. Was this gentleman a teammate that you named earlier? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny So, so it is Paul Pierce. <laughs> it is Paul Pierce. You slimy son of a bitch. Huh. Uh, he, uh, yeah, we all know, uh, played with Deron Williams when he left Boston and played in Brooklyn. Rasheed Wallace was a member of that 9-10 squad that fell to the Lakers in seven, and Shaq joined the following year in Boston, playing with the Celtics, kind of, sort of, in 10 and 11. Paul Pierce leaving for one year is so weird. What? He left for a couple years. Yeah, what are you played, talking about? He went from he went to Brooklyn and he then played the in Clippers. Brooklyn. He played in Washington, where he called game. I think he played the Clippers first, but he also played in Washington, where he won them that playoff. No, I think, I think the Clippers were the end of his career. Yeah, when Draymond said chasing that retirement tour. Yeah, you <laughs> you think he was Kobe? But, but he played in Washington before that because he won them that playoff series. Remember? Yeah. They asked him if he called bank, and he said, "I call game." He was uh, money in that playoff series, actually. That's when Washington was actually a threat in the East. It's a nice grab, Ryan. Two out of three for the night. Paul, you get Sorry, this. You bitch. also two out of three for the night. So this man, a five-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro, That's and he won bad. himself a Super Bowl. And he's played with Doug Martin, LeGarrett <laughs> Blunt. And Cadillac Williams. Oh, is that funny? Three-time All-Pro. How many Super Bowls? One Super Bowl. It's tough. Lee Garrett Blunt won the Super Bowl like three years in a row. (laughs) So five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro. Doug Martin, LeGarrette Blunt, Cadillac Williams. We at the 30-second mark, so I can give you your last hint. Uh, he's not the only member of his family to play in the NFL at the same time as him. Ah. I think that helps. Why in the hell? Ten seconds. Why not? I think it helps, although I'm not even really all that sure that it helps. Five, four. Give me, three, give me an extra five. fifteen seconds. You don't get an extra fifteen seconds. That's not the way. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, "Give me the last." <laughs> like, give me more time. You got three seconds I, for an answer. I think I have it, but it's not very confident. Three, two, one. Answer. Oh my god. No, you don't get to breathe for an extra seven seconds to try and stretch it. Are you sure? You are out of time. That's a vet move. Take too much damn time. That is not the way this game works. Ryan, you trying to steal it? Oh, what the hell is this game? Is it Ronde Barber? Yes, sir. That was my guess. Hey. AJ, man, you got to speak up. You got to say the first one to be talking against the guests. (laughs) It's true. It's true. Uh, I think I got it. (laughs) Ronde Barber played with Cadillac Williams in 2010. Garrett Blunt in 2011, and Doug Martin in 2012, all for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I forgot Jesus, Sloan was on the, the Buccaneers. There's the defensive player I was looking for. <laughs> well, I tried giving you a hint by the whole last yeah. name things. So I got a total of three today because I stole Paul's two, and then I got two of my own. I'm trusting AJ had it also, so I'm giving AJ so, a half point too. No, what? no, no. Don't do that. Uh-uh. Well, I mean, Paul's got to be in last place by now because he can't even get an answer out. <laughs> yeah, man. you got. That's like two guesses in a row else. where Paul's yeah. like, well. Throwing nothing. You got to throw something. Rough day. Paul's, Paul's in front of his computer like wikipedia.org. All right, AJ. Got to get this one to time you this week. No pressure. <clears throat> okay. AJ, this man is an eight-time All-Star and an 18-time Gold Glover. Impossible. And he's also won himself quite a few Cy Youngs. We need, we need hard numbers. Matthias. Or Matthias. Are you gonna give me the teammates? You need the teammates after I, those. I after that I, resume, I, 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 after, I, I, after I, an I, indefinite I, amount I, of Cy Youngs, you I need the teammates. <laughs> no, no, no. That's the process. I'm waiting for you to say the last name of the last clue so that I can be the fastest answer in this game. Uh, just, just give the answer. No, I, I, it's a timing thing. Uh, I need to the be the quickest draw. The man played with Noma Garcia Parra. Deion Sanders and Adrian Gonzalez. Greg Maddox. Yes, sir. I now have the fastest answer in the entire. This man won himself the Cy Young. So you can eat your heart out. Four years in a row. But good job this week. I said not faster than Barry Bonds, but you can eat your heart out. (laughs) (laughs) This man won the Cy Young four years in a row. Eighteen-time Gold Glover. That's crazy. Were yeah. they just giving it to him at the end? Were they no, like, he's not just, watching games? He, no, and they're like, you know what? Good. There you go, Greg. Just don't hit the Even ball right back like at Greg. 40? You out. Like that's just that it's just, a, it's just a give. <laughs> You're out. I forgot he pitched with the Dodgers. This man play <laughs> any other sports? Because that no seems like extreme athleticism to just like have that timing and reaction all the time. Yeah, especially at the mound where that bitch is just flying. Well, not always flying back at you. It's probably mostly grounders. But like, damn. Did yeah, you, he was a really good. I did I even crazy need to, to mention me, the Cy Youngs, AJ? Did you have it at 18-time Gold Glover? Yes. Everyone. Yeah. He's, that's it was, you ever. said 18. Well, you didn't no, say eight. No, actually, I, I, when you said Cy Young, it confirmed who I thought because I was like, okay, you know, 18-year well, Gold How many? 18 time. Yeah, you gold said Glover. 18 Gold Gloves, not eight. Correct. No, yeah. it's 18. 18. One okay. eight. One eight. Because when he said eighteen, I was like, "Who the fuck in the universe?" <laughs> Only him. Literally just him. All, My all favorite pitcher. All-time Argu- favorite pitcher. Arguably the best ever. Isn't he like really pink in the skin? Because I remember playing with him on backyard baseball, and everybody else was like a normal like peach color, or you know like like tan, and this dude was just straight up bubblegum. He just a uh, red-blooded fucking. Three for three. I'll take that, man. Yeah, nicely like done. Starburst. AJ winning the night. No, as far I got as getting three his points own. total. No, Ryan got mm. three, too. But no, Ryan got two. Ryan got two of his own, but then stole two of Paul, so that totals three. Yeah, I had yes. a disaster tonight. Today was but for as far as getting your own, you, you won the night. I had a great yeah. week last yeah. week. Can you're we you're recording, right, Paul? You just got to make sure. 
I don't know what you're talking about, Paul. What, what last week? Did it, it, there was no last week. Sports yeah, no, Carter, Matt, uh, did you remember getting the podcast last week? Because I don't remember no, sending Matt, one out. Matt had a dentist appointment, so we couldn't <laughs> do it. bullied. How's, uh, uh, how's your sizer, Matt? Uh, yes. <laughs> good. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. Mm-hmm. Bullying twice all right. all a bunch of bitches. Oh, there's boxing on on ESPN again. I love this. What's on? There's just boxing, oh, boxing. on ESPN. Yeah. All right, well, we're done with who the hell are you. Moving on to SBC, start, bench, cut. And, gentlemen, if you will check the chat in 10 seconds. I will have time to send the picture. Uh, and then I will Dude, have time the... to take to take a pee. I'll be right back. So, All right, the I take theme back what I said earlier. The theme for tonight's start bench cut is goats, greatest of all times. And these are men who have been on people's lips when talking about greatest of all times in their respective sports. Uh, only one of them is actual position related that is the first one uh we are doing running backs for goats so obviously one of the names involved is the great jim brown uh obviously one of the names involved is the great walter payton and obviously the other name involved is the electrifying barry sanders so bad job by you by the way what's that this is a bad job by you because we're all starting the same person you don't know we don't know. AJ, no. might try, AJ might try to be contrarian for no reason. So we'll go. We'll go in. Uh, we'll go in timeline order. The great Jim Brown played way back when, when the most games you played in the season was fourteen. He played one hundred and eighteen of one hundred and eighteen games. He started in okay. all of them. He had over twenty three hundred carries for a little over twenty uh, twelve thousand three hundred yards at a five point two yards per clip. Eighty touchdowns rushing. Caught another two hundred and sixty two balls for. One yard under 2,500 for another 20 touchdowns. So 100 total touchdowns for his career. His total yards per, from scrimmage was 14,811. And per game, if you break that all down, we're talking total yards per scrimmage per game, he did 125 and a half yards at almost one touchdown per game, 0.85. Walter Payton played next in this era, started 184 of 190 games he played. So quite a bit more than Jim Brown. For 38-38 carries, for 16,726 yards at just under 4.5 yards per clip, 110 touchdowns, caught another 492 balls for a little over 4,500 yards, for another 15 touchdowns, 125 total. His total yards from scrimmage, 21,264. Break that down per game for his career, 111.9 yards per game for .66 touchdowns per game. And last but not least, the silver bullet himself, Barry Sanders, started 151 of 153 games played for 3,062 carries for 15,269 yards at exactly 5 yards per clip, 99 touchdowns rushing, caught another 352 balls for 2,921 yards, another 10 touchdowns there, 109 touchdowns total, total yards from scrimmage, 18,190 break that down for his career and he was averaging per game 118.9 yards and at 0.7 touchdowns per game so for this one ryan you going first then aj and then paul so ryan i thought, was, who you? I thought for nfl it was aj then ryan then me nope 
<laughs> he said, not right now. Nope, you thought wrong. <laughs> so, Ryan, who are you cutting? I'm going to cut Mr. Sweetness, Walter Payton. I just think if you look at all things considered, he's the worst of these three running backs. And, you know, worst sounds harsh, but when you compare him to the other goats, eventually you got to discard somebody. And for me, that is going to be Walter Payton. He played on um, you know, probably the best teams that any of these three have seen. And he had the, the least amount of yards per carry. And he almost he also played the most games. So he has the most yards per scrimmage and all that stuff. But he played way more games than both Barry and Jim Brown. And I think if you gave them you know, equivalent offensive lines and equivalent games played, their numbers would be even greater than, uh, than Mr. Payton's was. All right. And who are you starting between the legendary Jim okay. Brown? Uh, obviously. And the Heisman year ever, Barry Sanders. Obviously, my start is Barry Sanders. To me, he's the best running back of all time. That's pretty much purely on uh, on eye test. The Lions did not have an offensive line when he played, which, again, kind of, I think it, it caused him to retire early, which took him away from some of the all-time numbers that he was chasing because um, his career was not very long at all when you look at, like, an all-time great player and kind of what they should be. And for Jim Brown, the reason I kept him over Walter Payton is uh, he was my my dad's favorite player. And if you talk to, well, not talk to, because I haven't talked to anybody. I just read a whole bunch. Um, so, but if you read a lot of people who, like, they cover the NFL and that's their job, you know, when they're talking about, like, the greatest offensive player ever, a lot of them do say Jim Brown, which to me, they're more credible in any Jim Brown argument than I am because, of course, I never saw him play. I can only look at the numbers that he uh, put up and then look at grainy black and white footage of him just running over everybody um, or running all over everybody, I should say. But when you look at what Barry Sanders is able to do, and I think even the reception numbers are you know, kind of even shockingly low for him. And I know the game wasn't played that way back then, but imagine him in today's game. Uh, you know, if you have a guy who's as shifty as Barry Sanders, you know, he gives you like the just pure running back you want of like an Adrian Peterson who's probably the best running back of our generation that we've seen. Um, but he can also be, you know, as shifty and as just the most difficult person to tackle in NFL history. Um, and as shifty as, you know, a guy like Darren Sproles, who's probably considered the greatest receiving back of all time. So I think if you look at the total package, that's what Barry Sanders gives you more so than both Walter Payton and Jim Brown. All right. AJ, who are you cut? I, I literally had the exact same answer as Ryan. All right. Told you. Like, exact same answer. Cut Peyton, bench Brown, start Sanders for all the reasons that Ryan named. Like, literally, I, I one of the reasons why I keep Brown on the bench is his yards per carry. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, he's getting half a first down every time he touches the ball. I'll take that. Right? And if I got two backs like that in Sanders and Brown, I got a pretty stout backfield. So, um, I, I literally have nothing to add to what Ryan said other than I concur. <laughs> all right. Paul? Who you cutting? So this is a really good one. I honestly would have liked if you maybe swapped sweetness for Bo Jackson. I think it would have been a more interesting discussion. Um, Bo but, Jackson's more of a flash in the pan, though, isn't he? He only had like flash three on years. My dick. Okay. Yes or no? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. 
He and was he only very had like three injured, years. Tried to play 16 sports. It was a difficult time. But Bo doesn't Jackson, matter. No, he literally pulled his own leg out of its socket. I know That's that. But, but didn't <laughs> he only have like three years in the league? Yeah, pretty much. So he, he doesn't. He can't. Biggest, he can't enter the context. The context of the greatest freak, of all time. Biggest freak to ever. Well, we're not picking the goat, are we? We're picking start bench cut. Which it is literally says goat running backs bench <laughs> start cut. But we're not picking the goat running backs. He's saying these are the three that are often in the conversation, but we're start bench cutting them. I so I, I just I hear I'm tomato, very partial tomato. to Bo Jackson. <laughs> Bo is the biggest freak to ever play in the NFL. But he's I don't disagree here, with so you it's, there. It's fine. But he doesn't belong in this conversation. Neither does Walter Payton. So we're gonna cut him. Um I do, I do want to add the caveat that, especially across eras and teams, it is so hard to just throw yards per attempt out there as a fair comparison. But when the difference is so stark, and you look at what Barry and Jim Brown did in completely different times, of course, um, averaging five-plus yards a carry an entire career is absurd. It's just absolutely insanity. Um, if you like added value, which is kind of like war for football, but it's not that fleshed out. It's not the greatest stat in the world, but it's kind of all we have is an all-around stat. Um, not a huge amount of separation. Walter Payton's a little under one a game, and Barry and Jim Brown are both at one a game. But look at the backs, the way they played, the way they were able to carry or not carry their team. And you can argue, especially for Jim Brown, so... Jim Brown obviously played a lot earlier than any of these backs. And yet, he was a decent receiving back in his own right. Like, this is a man. And you can argue the comp. I mean, hell, he was technically considered a fullback, wasn't he? Um, You can say that it was a different game. But he was legitimately unstoppable. And he was the team. Uh... I'm starting Barry Sanders, and it's no question. It's not even an inkling of a question. Uh, Barry Sanders, by far, especially if you aren't just counting individual greatness and potential, uh, no one touches Barry Sanders on the who is the best running back to ever actually do it in the NFL for a decent chunk of time. Uh, What he did and who he did it for and how he did it, it cannot. There are not enough platitudes in the world. There is not enough context that you can add to really give you enough of the situation, unless you are a Lions fan and lived through it, really, and understand just how disgustingly poor, even at our best, we were, uh, discounting post-50s, of course, in what he did to drag those teams, and legitimately just completely drag, because he had, what did he have, ever? Nothing. He had Wayne Fonts. That's what he had. Hey, uh, hey. Charlie Sanders. That's it. Jim Brown, I guess, he had, I guess he had Lomas Brown too, right? Ryan said Lomas that Brown. Jim Brown, a lot of people say he's one of arguably the best offensive football so, yeah, player Yeah, a lot of people say he is I've the best offensive football player. I've actually people call Jim Brown the best football player ever. Yeah. You can't knock what he did. He was incredible. It is very hard to compare him because he played, what, 40 years before Barry Sanders? So something like that. Like, huge gap. Many decades between them. Very different. Not, not 25. So. Only 25? Not, not, yeah, not it was in like the 60s. Well, 
because uh, at Syracuse, he was the uh, start till sixty. Oh, it is almost. It is forty-two years. The start of their careers are apart. The start of their or, careers. Th- sorry, thirty-two. <laughs> sorry, thirty-two. Thirty-two years. Thirty-two careers. Thirty-two years between the starts of their careers. Yes. And Jim Brown played for ten years. Uh, Jim Brown so, played for not ten years. One, for nine years. Three, well, no, that four, wouldn't make five, any sense. Six, seven, eight, Barry nine didn't nine play years. for twenty-two years. Nine years. So third. So twenty-something. So they're t- twenty-four years apart or so. What are you talking? About? This the start of their careers between when the end of Jim Brown drafted and the start and of when their oh, you're just doing that's not. But they're well, we all, you only thought of, you only apart. thought of Jim Brown his first year? No, no you thought of him his last year too. But their literally took place thirty years apart. So Barry played another ten years after that. Yeah, but there was a twenty-five year gap between when Jim ended and Barry started. You gotta not go forty when they started. You gotta go when they started, not the overlap. But it doesn't matter. It's semantics. It, it really doesn't matter. Barry's the best. Jim Brown, second best. Walter Payton is not in the conversation with these two. All right. It took us ten minutes to get to that conclusion. <laughs> for my <laughs> for my own ranking, um, you know, growing up and actually getting to watch Barry run was is one of my top five. So, so goddamn joys. jealous. Like just what he did was unbelievable. But one of the things that was always talked about when he was doing what he was doing was that the reason that Walter was quote unquote better was that Barry had to run around you. He wasn't running over you. And Walter could run around you, but if you were blocking his way from the end zone, he chose to run right through you, and and usually did. However, he had a much better O-line than Barry ever dreamed of having. And despite his ability to run around you and run through you, Barry still ends up averaging more yards in a game, as well as averaging more touchdowns in a game, ever by the slightest amount but still more. So for that reason, I am cutting Walter Payton. Where I differ with my co-hosts is that I'm not benching the man that has been known as the greatest football player of all time. I am starting this man so that he can wear down the defense like crazy, and then I'm sticking the man in that you can't catch when you are fresh. And you damn sure ain't catching him when you've been beaten up by Jim Brown for a half. So I'm starting Jim Brown, and I'm benching my favorite football player of all time, the most exciting man to ever have a football in his hands, Barry Sanders. And I'm cutting Walter Payton. So there you have it, audience. Matt said Barry Sanders is trash. (laughs) Instigator. I got to find his autograph. I don't know where the hell I put that. I gotta find that sheet. That sheet's gotta be worth some money at this point. There's a signing at the Pontiac Silverdome when I was like eight years old. And my buddy and I went to, and they lined up all the tables from end zone to end zone with all the Lions players. And the two longest lines by far were for Barry Sanders and Rodney Pete. All right, moving on to our second SBC, Goats Edition Basketball, and this time we are only using the first ten full years of each of these members of this argument. And they are the names that are usually flown around when you're talking about the goats of basketball. Obviously, Michael Jordan has been in the lexicon since the 90s. Before Michael Jordan joined the lexicon, it was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And after all this time, the latest man to join 
this argument <laughs> is, of course, LeBron Kobe James. Kobe Bryant. Oh. So, in Kareem's first 10 years, the man averaged 41 minutes per game for just over 28 and a half points per game. That's astounding. Just under sense. 15 rebounds per game, while also dishing the ball out four and a half assists per game. Shot right. over 55% from the field, also had three and a half blocks per game. Michael Jordan, through his run, 38.8 <laughs> minutes per game at just over 32 points per game, 6.4 rebounds per game, and just over five and a half assists per game, and over two and a half steals per game, and shooting 51 and a little bit more percent from the field. And LeBron James, during his first 10 years, just under 40 minutes per game at 27 and a half points, 7.3 rebounds, just under seven assists at just over 49% from the field. So, AJ, out of these three goats, who are you Jeez cutting? Little All right. I can't reach 32 I, a game. Uh, Jesus Christ. This is like, I don't like this goats one because you feel like a jackass having to say, oh, I cut Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> but that's where you're going? Yeah. But I feel like a jackass doing it. <laughs> it's, okay. Um, <laughs> it's okay. These are some pretty damn good names. <laughs> yeah, they're they're good names. But, like, I, I like Kareem. I think Kareem was a dominant big man. I, I, I think that, you know, you could walk him into the conversation of the greatest of all time. But he he's not – he's not – he's a he's a big guy, right? He's not a – he's not a – a threat everywhere on the floor. Now he didn't have to be right because the game was different. Um, but I just the other two offer me way more as a complete basketball player. Um, even on the defensive end for LeBron, I, I I like the way LeBron for the most part plays defense. So and we all know that Jordan was a great defender. So um, yeah, I got I'm gonna cut Kareem. Um, all right, bold move, cut and cap. Who are you starting? I, I'm starting Jordan. Um, I'm bringing LeBron off the bench. Just Jordan averages more points. Um, you know he is that assist per game. You got SPG. SPG. SPG is steals. Steals per game. Except you okay. don't you don't have it for LeBron. Yeah, if it, yeah if if it was a number worth having, I had it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because I was like LeBron averages like a steal per game, and that's just yeah. that's not that's not doing it. And his block okay. numbers weren't that high either. Obviously, MJ's block numbers weren't high, so the numbers that mattered were shown. Oh, I see, Kareem, you got blocks per game. <laughs> yeah, I got blocks yeah, for Kareem, I, steals for Kareem. But I, I, uh, I'm starting Jordan just because I love Michael Jordan. I think he is the greatest basketball player. I think LeBron's probably the greatest athlete. Um, which I think, you know, depending on what you value most is going to determine who you start, who you sit, but I don't think you can really go wrong either way. Um, Jordan's going to give you more points. Jordan proved that he knows how to carry a team. LeBron did that, I, you know, one time against the Pistons in the fourth quarter. Um, <laughs> everybody else has had to, you know. So I, I'm i going to start Jordan. I'm going to bench LeBron. All right, Paul, who are you cutting? This is pretty hard. It's real hard, man. That's the point. <laughs> wasn't supposed to be easy. God damn. I, I was hoping AJ was going to help me out a little bit. No offense, AJ. Didn't help that much. 
I'm surprised this is hard. You want analysis? You want analysis from me for basketball? Like it's I look hard, at the numbers. It, it is hard, and, is, I, and when I you're hate talking the about the goats, it's hard to analyze because you're talking I'm, about I'm three really, great I'm, players. I'm stunned that Paul didn't come right out the gate and just say, "Cut Michael Jordan." I'm not like so I thought he was as coming much as out I like as soon to as have his turn. Troll, I thought it was going to be cut. As much him. as I like to have fun and troll <laughs> and have a good time, I I'm not going to answer this with bias. I'm going to be realistic about it, but it is hard. And Kareem, I, I mean, you. These are three of the top. Depending on your, I mean, these are three in the discussion always. Like these are the three, the the three best to me. I guess I'll get to it in my answer. Go ahead, sorry. I'm gonna take Kareem you over Jordan, Kareem? so I'm cutting Jordan. No, no, I'm no. You Jordan. are cutting Jordan. But I did not arrive at this lightly, and I'm not sure it's the right answer. You sure, you sure arrived is, at starting LeBron James lightly? You're just like, yeah, I'm starting LeBron. It's well, we'll get to him. Uh huh. <laughs> Twenty minutes later. You see, Kareem, he wasn't always Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, so. Y'all need to chill. Yeah, what was his name before he changed Lou, it? Lou, Lou Alcindor. Lou, yeah, Lou Alcindor. Greatest college player of all time. It's so hard, man. I don't. This is the first time you'll ever hear me say this. I think I don't know if this is the right answer. But I am going to call Michael Jordan, and I'm going to start Kareem. Uh, they play completely different positions, so yeah, efficiency-wise, shooting-wise, it's not really fair. Um, Kareem is taking a lot more higher percentage shots. He's also 7-2, and I'm going to guess the average height in the NBA back then was... Eh, though Michael played not... I mean, they, their careers overlapped a little bit. It's not like Michael played 30 years later. No, Kareem just played for a long-ass time. Kareem so did play for, his, like, what, 20 his years His start was the stupid. last... I think his, his first, like, three years, three, three or four years were the last three or four years of Wilt. Didn't he come out of the gate dropping 30 a game? Like as a rookie, Michael? No, Kareem. Oh, I said fucking Michael might have. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, no, not, not his first year, I think, but right at, but I think. Yeah, nope. Year. Yep, thirty-five points a game his rookie year. Was was Kareem? Yep, the the most he ever scored in the season, thirty-five points a game. Jesus Christ! It's Wait, like, is it, rookie or no? Oh, that's playoffs. I'm stupid. No. I'm looking at playoff totals. I'm sorry. No, I, no, I wanted no. to see when he won his no. titles. Yeah, that's no, his absolutely my bad. Um, twenty nine a game basically. Yeah, twenty eight point eight his rookie. Sorry, year. sorry, sorry. Thirty one point seven his sophomore it, year. Did Did Michael win rookie of the year? I don't remember. Yes, I know Kareem did. I, they're He's athletes. So I mean, it's just whether it's the titles, whether it's the All NBA teams, whether it's the All Defensive teams, just all of them. But so Cream Cream made the All Star game what every year he was in the league. Yes. This man played for twenty years, and I'm pretty sure, if not every year, pretty close to every year that he was in the league, for twenty years. Now was, I you guys know that I'm not big on the longevity argument. It kind of annoys me to an extent. Like Frank Gore should not get extra props for being just below average for an extra ten years. Like eating out an extra ten years on your career of being almost average is not impressive. Kareem didn't do that. Kareem eked out an extra 10 years of being one of the better players in the league. Well, the last few years he trailed off and probably got kind of all-star nods just because of who he was. So it's a little bit of fake news. But he put up at least 16 years of just pure greatness, right? Like we can all agree on that. And when I'm building a team, if I'm not getting the insane passing of LeBron, like Jordan's not giving me that, right? 
And I'm not getting even the shooting of LeBron because while LeBron is no Steph, uh, he is a better shooter than Michael Jordan. So if I'm not getting those attributes, um, LeBron is definitely the better athlete than Jordan mm. was. So, and if I'm taking, I know that Jordan has all the all NBA defensive and the defensive player of the years, but I'm not going to get into how absurd those okay. are. Highest if vertical I'm taking too. one guy that I actually need to lock in and play defense in a game, like a, a finals game, I'm taking LeBron hands down over Michael Jordan. I think you're a complete moron if you took Michael Jordan in that situation. It makes no sense at all, but that's a discussion for another day. So if I'm getting, if I'm not getting those things out of Jordan, give me Kareem's height. Give me the fact that he's unstoppable on the block anywhere near the basket. The fact that he's going to gobble up rebounds. He's he's more efficient in 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 those regards. And Michael was efficient in other ways. And he did it for 20 freaking years. If he only played for 12 years, what would his averages be? I mean, they'd be even more absurd. He doesn't have the trail off at the end of his career. But it's a hard decision. And really, neither of them deserve this much well, these are only his. Ten, these are only the first ten years of each player. Le- Lebron or er, oh, Michael didn't play the first ten, ten though, right? Because he came yeah. in '84 and he left after '94. Ah, 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 ah! I did not include Michael's injured sophomore year or his partial '45 year, but I did take ten years of Michael Jordan playing. That's not really the same thing. So that's better then. That's so why it's that's more fair. It's just not really the same thing. That's even better. I, to be honest, so Michael and Kareem are splitting here. Ah, I put and first full 10 years. Ah, so it had Mike, to be at least pretty close to a full season to be counted. You, you, your religion, your way years. into it. And I see. P- picking, <laughs> picking between these two is a lot of personal preference in what you look for. And it's, there is no, this is the answer. So I'm going to cut Michael because I like Kareem better. I think Michael, I, it bothers me how overrated Michael Jordan is. I like Kareem better, so I'm going to take Kareem. All right, Ryan. Threw, threw my hands up in disgust. Overrated. Oh, we're not doing starting? What, yeah, you, you said me. you're starting Kareem. No, that's the thing. Like, You told me you're starting Kareem and benching LeBron. No. Yeah, that's what you said. Yes, you did. No, because when you said you, you were I starting Kareem, I was like, that's a surprise. No, I'm I'm cutting Michael and I'm taking Kareem. You say you were starting Kareem. There is, that is no not argument. what you said. I'm gonna have to go back and catch the tape. Yeah, you I might you have will have to because be, I know I was surprised. Be very, and I was like, ah, that that would be surprising. But I, you guys know by now. I don't think there's any argument in the universe. LeBron is by far the best player to ever see them and up in the NBA. It's cool that will it's not true. Will there ever be someone better than him? I don't know. Cash can happen in 50 years, but. There's no way in any universe that the total package that LeBron is from every facet of affecting a basketball game, no one is close. Like, it's not that – it's not splitting hairs. There's legitimately nobody close. And I know you guys disagree. We're not going to do this for an hour. I'm starting LeBron. There's no argument. There's no discussion. Yeah, that's not what you said. Ryan, who you cutting? Um, <laughs> so, for, for what we're doing, cut first. So, the – so I'm yeah. cutting LeBron. The only reason is if you're talking about their first 10 full seasons, LeBron came out the most unpolished out of all of these guys. Right. And I think the stronger argument for LeBron's GOAT career, and I know Paul wants to, uh, right, he said he kind of discounts the longevity thing. To me, at the at the end of their careers, that's going to be LeBron's best case. Is he's just going to have all of these numbers where he is at the top of the list because he's played so much longer, 
and at a higher level than everybody else. Like in the 17th season, he's still, and you might count like injured Kevin Durant, but like LeBron's either the best player in the league to you or he's number two, right? There's kind of really no argument for him to really be any lower. And if there's three, you got to be a, a wizard at, at debating to argue LeBron's like third, even right now in the NBA. Um, but to me, it took him a touch longer just to kind of figure things out, which makes sense because he came in the league younger than both Michael and uh, and Kareem did. Um, mm-hmm. And I think Michael or LeBron, Michael had three titles by then. LeBron had two in his first 10 years. He had 12 and 13. And then uh, Kareem had two as well because I just looked it up and I was, I was curious about it. So... We should we should have made this ages twenty one through thirty. That would have given you the decade. Like boom. Um, so I I, I did just take their their first um, to ten years and twenty one to what thirty you said. It, it might have been a little bit of a better barometer. I don't know that my answer is super would have changed though. Uh, you know I already think Michael's better than LeBron. And again, a, a different discussion for uh, for a different day. But I think those extra couple years that you're getting out of Michael where he's already a more polished NBA player and might be already the best player in the NBA, um, where it took LeBron probably probably until 2007 when he did what he did against the Pistons for people to say, like, oh, this guy's the best. And even then, there was the debate between him and Kobe. And if you favored LeBron, you were like, oh, it's definitely LeBron because of the numbers. And if you favor Kobe, you're like, it's Kobe because of the mentality and all of the winning his do- his team does compared to LeBron, right? But for like from like 2003 when LeBron entered the league to like 2006, there's really no arguments that LeBron was the best player in the NBA. And I think with Jordan and certainly with Kareem, those arguments came a little bit earlier. Um, and if we're just taking the first 10 years of their career again, these are my... I want to pre well not preface because I've already talked a bunch, but I do want to say these are my one, two, and three uh, of all time. You know, Jordan, Kareem, and LeBron are who I consider to really only have the credible cases for like greatest of all time. And in their first ten years, I'm actually going to take Kareem because kind of with the same thing with LeBron, he was more polished coming into the NBA to me than Michael Jordan was, and Kareem. People like talk about Shaq a lot and Will as the most dominant player ever, and I think Kareem gets lost in that discussion. Kareem had a shot you literally could not block, and he averaged three and a half blocks a game, which is amazing. LeBron James, at the peak of his career, was an incredible defender, and I don't even really think he hit the peak of his career around like 2012, which is just at the end of this 2000. Uh, the, I'm sorry, this 10-year period, like his. Probably his second year with the Heat was like the best I had ever seen LeBron. And then his um his first couple years with Cleveland as well. And then now he's probably tailored off, but still he's like, you know, the best player in the NBA, right? Jordan, the not the same type of thing, because I think he was the best player a little bit earlier. Uh, but with Kareem, when we're talking about like their defensive impact, for me personally, it is a preference thing, and I think um I think Paul mentioned it. I'm gonna preference a guy who can prefer a guy, I should say, who can block a lot of shots as opposed to, like, lock you down on the perimeter. And LeBron was a great perimeter defender. He could guard more positions than, like, Michael Jordan could. Jordan was probably a better singular defender, like, one-on-one than LeBron was. But at the end of the day, if you can't get the ball in the basket because this dude is here just, you know, swatting your shit away, that's where I'm going to lean more towards. 
Like a lot of people say, you know, um, like, well, Rudy, Rudy Gobert wins defensive player of the year a lot, and then there's like him and Kawhi. So like Kawhi is a better ring. A better wing defender and Rudy Gobert is the the most intimidating presence kind of at the rim so it's kind of just what you prefer and I prefer that presence at the rim because at the you know if they can't get their shots you know even if they get by a guy like Michael Jordan and LeBron James um, because even the best defenders they get blown by sometimes if you just can't get the shot up or you do get it up and then it just gets swatted back that basically ruined your entire possession it switched the momentum into my way uh, Kareem had a, a really good benefit playing with guys like Oscar Robertson and Magic Johnson, who, when he blocked the shot, they could get it into the Big O's hands or Magic's hands, and then boom, you know, kind of off they went, right off to the races, and his team scored a whole lot of buckets because of what he did on the defensive end. Um, so I think total package, Kareem is probably a, a top, like, three offensive player ever, and he might be a top three defensive player ever. And I don't know that I can say both of those things about Michael um, and LeBron. So I'm going to start Kareem. I'm going to bench Jordan. And I'm going to cut LeBron when we're looking just at the first 10 full years, as Matt likes to say, of their uh, of their career. It was tough, though. This was like I said, the Barry Sanders one was like a garbage one. This this one was good. This one I did not like dis- well, distinguishing. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> uh, I am in complete lockstep with Ryan on this one. Uh, this is why we are, uh, when it comes to basketball, Such the way a we are. Such bitch um, cutting LeBron. It, not, it's not, not the first, not 10, the first years. 10 years. It's a very important distinction here. The first 10 years is not. He's not that good of a shooter yet. He's not as good as Jordan was of a shooter. And he damn sure wasn't as good. As, he's not. Jordan shot 51%. LeBron shot 49 The numbers are right there. I don't care about three. There are more game. There's more to basketball than a three-point line shot. Congratulations. Michael Jordan he's, made more layups. Awesome. That's not the case. You're talking about who had more buckets at the hoop between LeBron and Jordan? You're out of your mind. LeBron did not. No, sorry. Dude, Jordan had a shot. Look LeBron at the three-point numbers. I don't need to look at the three-point numbers. We're not talking Why? about three-point shots because it's all included in your field goal percentage. MJ's got a better MJ one, didn't and he take didn't do it with just the jump. With just nobody took him. It you wasn't part of the NBA. It wasn't part of the you NBA. You couldn't shoot, so you didn't. It Congratulations. Not, it literally was not part of the NBA game at that time. The point I'm of the sorry game that, that Michael time Jordan was didn't to get it as close as possible to My get it bad. into the basket. This that is, is the your way goat. The NBA he was didn't understand how you math shut the Congratulations. Fuck up? Why can no one else talk but you? Shut all, up. All this You're from, making a you had your position to talk. You are fake news right now. You are literally fake news right now. I'm starting Kareem because there was nobody more dominant in his first 10 years. Not Shaq, not Wilt, not anybody. When it came to facing guys who were similar size, he had a way of making them. Obliterated them. Literally had a shot you could not block without fouling him at the same time. And he hit it at a very high rate. And it was not his only shot. By far not his only shot. The man had a straight up jumper in your face from anywhere from seven to 12 feet all day long as well. He blocked the shit out of you. He made his free throws. And he won championships and led teams to championship capabilities. There is no one better than Cap in his first. Didn't he win three titles in college too? Kareem, I'm (laughs) benching Michael Jordan and I'm cutting LeBron James. Insane. Okay. Moving on to our last one for the night. We jumping on to the diamond, where we talking goats and we've got a classic era goat, a boys of summer goat, and a modern era goat. So your options are Babe Ruth. 
Willie Mays, and hey, Barry Bonds. And for Babe Ruth, the man played himself 22 years, had just under 8,400 at-bats for 28-73 hits, 714 home runs, a little over 2,200 RBIs, 123 stolen bases, not bad for a guy that's known for being rather large, a 342 batting average, 474 slugging, 690 on base percentage, a 1.164 OPS, and a 203 OPS plus with a 968 fielding percentage. He was also a pitcher. And for the nine total years that he pitched in and out, he went 94 and 46 with a 2.28 ERA. He started 147 games, pitched in 163 games total. 107 of them went complete. He pitched over 1,200 innings with a 1.159 whip. And out of those 163 games, 154 of them were in a five-year period. He finished his career with a 182.5 war. He only won himself one MVP, which is just crazy. One ERA title, one batting title, a two-time All-Star. It wasn't a thing yet. And he's a seven-time world champion. Uh, was, a lot of action. Was the MVP also not Willie a thing? Mays, because it only says he has one. No, I mean, I mean, was, early on, there was early, times that it wasn't in baseball, and it was yeah, it, it was early. It was the a MVP lot different. Award, yeah, yeah. Later on, you know, when the MVP was a thing, he had other teammates, not, notwithstanding obviously Lou Gehrig, who a lot of people thought you know was the guy at the time, and he won himself quite a few MVPs while playing the game. Willie Mays also played 22 years, had almost 11,000 at bats for 3,283 hits. 660 home runs, just over 1,900 ribbies, 338 stolen bases. For his career, he hit 302 with a 384 uh, slugging, a 557 on base percentage, a .947 OPS, and a 156 OPS+. plus. Bit of a better fielder than the Babe was. He was 981 percentage-wise in the field for a 156.2 war. And throughout his career, won himself a Rookie of the Year, two MVPs, 12 gold gloves, a batting title, two Major League Player of the Years. I don't know the difference between that and MVP. AJ can explain that one to you. <laughs> a 24-time All-Star and only one World Series. And the modern era's man, Barry Bonds, also 22 years, 9,847 at-bats, 2,935 hits, 762 home runs, 1,996 ribbies, 514 stolen bases. This man was very much a member of the 40-40 club. For his career, hit 298 with a 444 slugging, a 607 on base, a 1.051 OPS, and a 182 OPS plus. A 984 fielder and a 162.8 war. A seven-time MVP, eight-time gold glove, 12-time silver slugger, two-time bat title, three-time Major League Player of the Year, and a 14-time All-Star. So for this one, Paul's going first, then Ryan, then AJ. So Paul, out of these three goats, who are you cutting? So, unless you decide to complicate this, this should be pretty easy. The only complications come... is always better. The only complications come from, Uno, how you feel about performance enhancing... 
And the second would be how you compare the eras. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, I mean, we can cut through this pretty clean and make this pretty simple. You're cutting Lily Maze. Okay. And you're starting what has to be the greatest person to ever play baseball ever in Babe Ruth. Like, I don't know. I'm shocked right now. I don't understand how you can make an argument for anyone other than the Babe. First of all, he did both things at a very elite level. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. alone, and I get that it's different, and right. I don't know if he would have been able to do it today. I don't. But I can't say he couldn't. I don't know. I don't have these answers. I just know that when he did it, it was absurd. I know that Babe Ruth played 500 less games than both these players, yet he blew them away in war. I know that he put up batting numbers that you wouldn't put up in MLB The Show. I know that he put up pitching numbers that were incredible. I, I don't – unless you discount everything he did for the era he played in, which I, I can understand the argument. I've done it before in other sports, but this right here, to definitively try to diminish his accomplishments, and keep in mind, if you're doing that, because Willie Mays is getting cut. Like, you're just, unless you say, you know what, Barry Bonds cheated, so he, he can't be on my list. Unless you pull that card, you have to cut Willie Mays, period. Because Willie Mays' resume is not as good as these two, and it's very cut and dry, just resume-wise. And then at that point, if you're going to try, try to diminish Babe Ruth for the error he played in, when it's impossible to say what he would have done when Barry Bonds played, how do you turn around and give Barry Bonds a pass for what he did? You can't, yeah. you can't have it both ways. So really, this is not that complicated. Willie Mays gets cut. Barry Bonds was fantastic. He can be on the bench. He's a great, great pinch hitter. And yeah, I'm starting the best player to ever play baseball, Babe Ruth. All right, Ryan, who you cutting? Um, so the same as Paul, I'm cutting Willie Mays. And I think it's really kind of what you prefer, right? Because all three of these dudes played different um, different positions. They all are obviously extremely fantastic hitters. Uh, a couple had a, a little bit more power. But at the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to cut Mr. Willie. Um, there's, not a, there's not a lot of logic to it in terms of like, disparaging Willie Mays, right? Like we talked about cutting LeBron, and there are reasons why LeBron wouldn't make it there. But with Willie Mays, it's more so just I like the other two guys that much better. So it's, it's not anything that Willie did wrong. I just like Bonds and Ruth uh, Bonds and Ruth better than him. So I want them on my team, and he uh, he's the odd man out here. For, for starters, right. I am going to pick Barry Bonds. He's the best player that I've ever seen. I... I love the fact that he can steal a base for you, even when he does get on base. And I know that war is supposed to like adjust for the era that you played in. Um, but with Babe Ruth, I think, especially with the pitching, probably not so much, not so much the hitting. Um, although I think it's easy to say any player from you know way back when wouldn't be the hitter they were, even though they still be a very good hitter um, had they faced you know some of the guys today. Uh, but I don't think Babe Ruth could pitch, you know, to guys like Miguel Cabrera and be uh, and be a, a ERA title winner with it. Or um, if they had the Cy Young in that day, you know, he pr he probably would have been the Cy Young winner. And I I don't know that that's something they had the actual right, they, Cy they had Young. Him. <laughs> um, and I I don't think they could have had that title uh, 
I think if they had, I, I basically I don't think Babe Eric could Babe Ruth could win the Cy Young today, or he could there. So I know you get a, you know some of the some of the pitching that he gives you, um, but just with Barry Bonds, man, like even before he started juicing, this dude was a monster, and he was a no-brainer Hall of Famer, and he was already one of the best players uh, ever, <laughs> right? And um, you know, he's a guy that you walked with the bases loaded. You'd probably do that with Ruth if he played in the late 90s, you know, early 2000s too, when Barry Bonds was really just you know, raking and kind of doing his thing. Uh, for me, it's really kind of just the era because I think if you put Ruth in Bonds' era, he doesn't quite eclipse what Bonds did. Um, you know, he wouldn't be Brandon Inge or Sean Casey or anything like that. He'd still, he'd still be a Hall of Famer. I just don't know that he put up the hey, numbers. Casey Bonds was did. a very good major league um, yeah, baseball absolutely. player. Yeah, absolutely. And but I think if you put, Inge, I think if you so put uh, Bonds in Ruth's era, he's probably doing the things Ruth does um, even higher uh, out, outside Except of the pitching. For that tiny thing called segregation. That's right. <laughs> he'd he, he, he'd, he'd have a tough time. I said besides pitching, and I think again it's. Uh, another point with Ruth is if you point to pitching, I can understand why you would. Like back then, if I'm making a game for today, or even if I'm kind of splitting hairs and doing like maybe 1980s, um, I know that's not between when Bonds or Ruth played. But if I'm doing like 1980s where it's not quite everybody like today, um, but there's still some of the the older um, school of baseball, even though it's probably an old school game in general. I still don't think Babe Ruth is just a very effective pitcher for you. Like, I think he was a, a good pitcher because he was pitching against those guys. And I think if Bonds was able to hit against the pitchers that, like, Babe Ruth was, you know, going against, if Bonds was hitting and Babe Ruth was pitching, I think that's a Bonds home run, you know, all, all the time. Uh, but, I mean, obviously you really can't go wrong here. But I'm going to start Bonds, bench Ruth. And then uh, Cup Bonds is Godfather Willie, so hopefully he can be proud that Bonds is the one that I'm starting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, AJ. Is that so, about who you cutting? Yeah, so mm. coming into this, I actually thought I was going to have a little bit different of an answer. Um, I look at the numbers, and really my cut comes between Willie Mays or Barry Bonds. Right, like, given what the babe did, and it looks like he had less hits than each of them, um, but just given his overall package of what he brings to the table, higher batting average, uh, higher slugging percentage than both of them, and I'm trying to do this really quick, um, and even a higher on-base percentage, like, I think Ruth is the best hitter out of all three of these, so I'm not going to cut either of them, right? So I go I go to Willie Mays and I go to Barry Bonds. Who am I going to cut between these two? And I look at them as they're two very different players, right? Sure, they played 22 years, which roughly is probably going to equate to about the same games, give or take maybe 25 to 30, one way or the other. But they're at bats. Well, yeah, was it uh, 61 when the when the jump from 140, 154 to 162? Yes. Yeah. So so given that there's going to be a little bit of difference in the game, I look at their at-bats, right? Bonds has less at-bats, but he has a way higher on-base percentage because of all the walks that he draws, which tells me that 
because Willie's hitting at a higher average, but Bonds has the higher on base percentage, Willie's going to be your contact hitter. Bonds is going to be the guy that's going to draw a walk, right? Which do I value there? I value the walk a little bit more because less bad can happen when you walk. Mm-hmm. So in this instance, I'm going to cut Willie Mays as much as it pains me to say because I think – and then, but then I thought like, oh, well, Willie's defense will set him apart from everybody. He has the lowest fielding percentage between the two as well. Bonds at 984, yeah. Willie at 981. Maybe that's one or two errors over their 22-year period that sets them apart. Okay, I get that, but just strictly going on numbers, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna keep Bonds and cut Willie Mays. Now All it right. gets me between Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds. Again, I don't think there's a wrong answer here, um, but just looking at Babe's slash line. A 342 average, a 474 <laughs> like, slugging percentage, a 690 on base percentage tells me not only was he walloping the ball, but he also wasn't striking out a ton either. And so I'm nine, I'm gonna like seven uh, out of yeah. ten times you go up to the plate. <laughs> seven out of every <laughs> ten to times the, to the first. plate he's getting on base. Give me that guy every How is time. That possible? That's what that's what's crazy. And I get, and, and I but, get the error. Stuff. I, get I get the era too, but, but again, you got to remember he's you also playing. You can't discredit the era without without acknowledging that Bond's numbers are inflated. A, a little inflated, but but I also I think that you know when we picture the Bambino, right? Every time I I picture the Babe, I, I I picture the guy walking out of Benny the Jet's closet in the Sandlot, right, with the cigar in his mouth and mm-hmm. the bat draped over his shoulder. I, I think that we have kind of hyperbolized his sloppiness in a lot of ways. He's become like this caricature of a legend that's like been created. Like this hot dogs and beer guy. Um, As opposed to like a great Yeah, athlete. like I told Matt today on the phone, I, I feel like the babe is kind of like seen by people with like, you know, a cigar hanging out of one side of the mouth and a hot dog with mustard on the other side, a bat in one hand and a beer in the other. Which, and it's like, crazy too. Like, so he's listed 6'2", 215. Solid. Right. <laughs> that is not like this, this is not this is not Bartolo Colon people. No. But it's also not Mike Trout's 240, right? So right. There's, there's a difference. There was no strength training back then like there is today. Oh, yeah. I mean, like there was, there was when no Bonds played. Do not say no, there was, was no strength What I'm saying training. is Babe Ruth carried his weight differently. Right. He had right. a you, gut you had to still. Lift he didn't 15 have beers a day. massive arms, but he was just a well, big dude in general. 6'2 is big in general. At, it's yeah. really big in 1919. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In 1919, he's probably one of the bigger guys in the league. Also, if you look at older pictures of him, like I, I think about the one where like he's swinging and he's just all turned, like he doesn't look like a very broad-shouldered guy, which is what I think a lot of athletes nowadays they kind of got that V shape right where they're really mm-hmm. like like broad in the shoulders but really narrow like in the waist. Back then, your strength was strictly from your core. People just disrespect so those- Ruth because he's ugly. I, but but that's what I'm saying. I think that he has become a, a caricature in a lot of our modern minds where, like, the dude, like, to to speak to his ability to hit a baseball, his ability to draw a walk, I mean, just the fact that I don't care what pitcher you're facing, to get on base seven out of ten times is absurd. Yep. Like, absurd, no matter what era you're in. That's absurd. So I'm going to start Babe Ruth. 
I'm gonna bench Barry Bonds off the. I also think I very underrated is Babe Ruth's ability to look forty at age nineteen. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, but yeah, but it also, was a harder world back then. Everybody back then looked older than they were. Have you seen some of those pictures? I saw this. I oh, clicked yeah. through this Twitter thread where it was like me and my father at age 32, See, and the dad just, legitimately was, looks like he's 50. I, I there's a picture of Babe Ruth with. Oh, I wonder where this picture is from. Let me see if I can find who he's with. With David Duke Legitimately. Uh, oh, Ted Williams. There's a picture of Babe Ruth Ted Williams. Ted Williams looks like he's 18, 17. Babe Ruth looks like he's 65. Well, I mean, they did play in he, different eras. Yeah, he probably was 17. Yeah, Babe Ruth retired no, before World War II. He was like in his... Ted Williams played after World War II while playing before Hold World on. War II. It was in 1943. Babe wasn't that old. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. He's 19... Seven years after he retired, at least. Yeah. He was 48. And... Yeah, and at that time, I believe he had stomach cancer. There's a picture with Nas and Big L, and yeah, they it, never did a song together. It, it, it does look like his stomach has a really large tumor. All right, well, I'm in – it's done – you know, when I, I called AJ on this one when I was making this one because initially I had Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds, but I had Ted Williams as well. And Ted Williams has tremendous numbers in certain cases, but some of his other numbers kind of really fell off compared to the other two. Um, and so I didn't think it was going to be a fair one. So and I wanted to get guys from different eras involved in this. And, you know, well, AJ and I were discussing. Easy. Well, sure. we were discussing between some other guys. And Willie Mays did stand out. I actually so, think. Uh, I don't know. So, what, Paul, think, I thought I thought third? that I thought Hank Aaron would have fit well in here. But his numbers are legitimately almost a carbon copy of Willie Mays. So, yeah, they so really Ted are. Williams, like, it's damn near what what hurt Ted Williams was his defense, hundred percent because he like didn't care about it. That's like so Ted Williams like hitting like oh made, that's all he liked like, doing. I mean it was it was his defense like that's what hurts him in this argument like and I if you're evaluating the whole package but like I I might take Ted Williams over Mill, Willie Mays I don't know. I wouldn't. Well, I said I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm sticking with the group in this one, and I am cutting so Willie well. Mays. Um, comes the bonds, bonds and the babe, and what Barry Bonds did was stupid. God, he was it, so you know the forty forty clubs, the fifty fifty club. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. Like for a man to hit with that much power, but also wait, be able wait, to wait, steal wait, that wait, many wait, bases. Wait, 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 wait. He joined the fifty fifty club. I think one he year. Tic- I think he tickled it. I think it was like well, tickling it is not joining. I know, but I literally think it was like forty nine stolen bases. I'm I'm Doesn't gonna matter. fact check this. Yeah, I had to. He, no, but what I'm saying is it. the fact that he was that good that he could even almost get it if he didn't even get it. Like, um, it's just stupid. And the 4040s is impressive enough. Like, there aren't that many members of the 4040 club. So this is what's crazy to me. Well, and this is, see, honestly, so what you just said, this to me is what discounts, really discounts Barry Bonds. Barry he Bonds, never came close Barry, to the 50-50 Barry club, Bonds actually my... had a year where he stole 52 bases. Yeah. The yeah. problem is he only hit 33 dingers only. that year. Yeah. Barry Bonds' power numbers did not explode until he cheated. That matters. Yeah, well, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't kick cheated. him out of this. But when you're when you're going to compare his top end numbers, his his power numbers blow that out of proportion. If you look at his OPSs pre steroids, they're not they're not. They're not the same, man. And not just they're not the same, but they are starkly yeah, 46 different. 46 home runs in 93. Like, starkly. 
Said Say he had again? 46 home runs in 93, which is before he cheated. I mean, he had 73 when he cheated. Before you but think for, he But 46 is crazy. Yeah, but he only had 29 stolen bases that year. Yeah, and it's also, again, before you think he cheated. And, okay, so that was his that was his best non-cheating year. He had an OPS of 11. I don't know when he started phenomenal. cheating, but he had but 49 in 2000 as well. I mean, he didn't start. So 2000, 2001 is when his numbers really started to explode. In IG, I wonder why. Well, that I mean, matters. you know, he, he did win an MVP in 1990 while in say, Pittsburgh. Hold on, we didn't say he was a bad player. He won hella MVPs. No, but I'm saying he still <laughs> like, put he up didn't numbers. just win one. Well, just, the so, 30, like, 30 club. so, like, when you say, so Babe Ruth in this era, would he have hit Barry Bonds' numbers? Well, what numbers would Barry Bonds have, have had? We don't know. Like, That's the thing. There's like too he many won unknowns. Three MVPs so, if you don't know, if, if we, if we took Barry Bonds' Clear, clear pre-steroid numbers, and just extrapolated them over his whole career. It's much less impressive in the in the light of comparing him to say Babe Ruth. That matters. I think I think it's interesting to see him go from 46 home runs, drop down to 34 five years later, and then the very next year he's at 49. Well, I mean every every year, but and then the very that, next though, year after that he's like at 73. So nine, to... 93 was his career year, and then he decided he was going to have a lot of career years because he was going to do steroids. No, I disagree. I don't think he started taking steroids until 1999. I didn't. I didn't. I what I said does not combat that. It no, made it sound like it when you said. No, no, I'm saying he had his what why should have been his career year. year. His, his, his Actually, peak. Why his the 99 year, Ryan? I'll tell you why 99, Ryan. Because in 99, he only played 102 games, which tells me that he got hurt, which would pave the way for him to start using steroids. And that was his uh, second gotcha. lowest home run total in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Well, because he didn't play years. the games. Gotcha, gotcha, he was gotcha. on pace. So if you take He's that He's on pace off, for 50. <laughs> yeah, and, and then he hit 49 but, but, uh, the next year. He first, That's the year. Like, if, you, if you're, like, going numbers, based on numbers, like, if you're looking at statistics and you want to see statistical evidence, 99, AJ is 100% right. 99 would be the year that this is when he started juicing. I mean, it was also starting to really come into baseball at that point as well, the different ways to do yeah, it. Yeah, I, you know, I mean. For the mid-90s, it was, you know, creatine and androstein. No, like that was yeah. Ninety five is when it after the sh- the strike shortened season in ninety four, they had to start pumping it up. I mean, I I don't know if any of you guys watched that long gone summer or not, but like when when McGuire and Sosa were doing what they're doing, taking Androstenedione was not an illegal substance. No, you bought it at GNC. I mean, so why they're getting busted I mean, he was for kind that? Of pays for fifty in ninety four too. He had 37 at yeah. 112. Yeah, but that's that's the year that it was cut short. But he's that, still on pace for 50, games, and he had 46 the year before. And those, yeah. those were his – if you if you take, like, from a pure – like, 93 and 94 were, like, that was his peak. Wait, and it makes sense. He's So he's 28, 29 years old. Physically, yeah. he's just getting over the point where you're at your, you're at your physical peak around 24 – Baseball obviously is a, a wise man's game as you age. You age gracefully. So you're 28, 29. That makes all the sense in the world. Like 27 to 30 is, are considered your prime as, baseball as, years. As an elite player, it makes all the yeah. sense in the world that 93 and 94 were going to be Bonds' best years. All the evidence says that's his peak right there. And then you see he still puts up good numbers, but not quite at that level. And then 99, he starts juicing, and boom. Allegedly, right? I mean, never got, never got caught. Um, 
and again, so and I'm not. If you were pissed about the juice, I mean, you could start Willie Mays over him. If that's where you're going to draw the line, you could make an argument for Willie Mays. I didn't. But I'm not. I'm, I still I'm, think I'm benching Barry Bonds. I think Barry Bonds is a lead elite. But yeah. if you can, so Babe Ruth cut and dry had better numbers. There's no argument for the numbers. Babe Ruth had better numbers. And to me, you cannot possibly nitpick the era of Babe Ruth and then turn around and not hit Barry on the steroids. You can't do it. You gotta. You can. You you can either let them both go, or you can do both. Either way, to me, Babe comes out on top. So, AJ, I'm glad you brought up the 30 for 30, long summer gone, because it was fresh in my mind while doing this show for this podcast. It's something you and I even discussed off of an article that I found that I'd sent you um, regarding another player that was involved in that same year, 1998, as that ridiculous oh, we were saving race. this. Was that... I thought we were saving this. We are not saving this. We got a bonus round for the folks out there. Awesome. So during the same year that was supposed to be Mark McGuire and Ken Griffey Jr. became Mark McGuire and Sammy Sammy Sosa, Sosa. there was another man in Chicago on a tear of his own that didn't get anywhere near the reception that Sammy Sosa got in the Windy City. So if you guys would check the chat for a bonus round of, I guess we can do a start bench cut. We really can do a more of a who's, whose year would you take, but that's kind of the idea with start bench cut anyway. Well, it's one year, right? It is one the year. Vo- very it's, it's old, only one year of 1998. <laughs> no, whose year would you take? I, I like that. That's good. Whose year would you so take? So your options for this are the aforementioned Ken Griffey Jr. and Sammy Sosa. But the other man in Chicago was playing for the White Sox in the South Side, Albert Bell, who recently came out with a, with a claim and a story that he had a better year than Sammy Sosa's 66 home run year. So here are your three resumes for 1998. For Ken Griffey Jr., who played in 161 games, had 720 plate appearances, 60, 633 at-bats, had 180 hits, 146 RBIs, 56 home runs, 121 strikeouts, 76 walks, hit 284 with a 365 slugging, a These 611 are all on base. This is yeah. 1998. What yep. a crazy year. A 977 OPS and a 150 OPS plus. Slamming Sammy... Played in 159 games, had 722 at uh, plate appearances, 643 at bats, 198 hits, 158 RBIs, 66 home runs, 171 strikeouts, 73 walks, hit 308 for the year with a 377 slugging, a 647 on base percentage, oh 1.024 OPS, and a 160 OPS plus. And Albert, Albert Bell, Bell in the South right. Side Dude, Albert played Bell is on. 163 <laughs> games, which means he there was, was a right. play-in for the playoffs. Oh had 706 gosh. plate appearances, 609 official at-bats, had 200 hits, 152 RBIs, 49 home runs, only 84 strikeouts, while having 81 walks, hit 328, a 399 slugging, a 655 on base percentage, a 1.055 OPS, 
and a 172 OPS plus. Oh my AJ, god! I'm AJ, I, need I had I like out of full out of full like transparency. I did not look at any of these numbers, even though Matt and I had this conversation last week. Like I did not look at this, so like I am shocked by these numbers by Albert Bell. So I need you to educate me a little bit. Can you do that for yeah. me, AJ? Uh-huh. I, I, on the timeline here, are we juicing for home run numbers this year? So okay, so here's the story. Okay, ninety four the strike happens, right? The very next year, ninety five, Albert Bell's playing in Cleveland. Okay, he was on that ninety five Cleveland team with Kenny Lofton, Oral Hershiser, all those guys that lost to the Braves. Okay. 96, 97 go by. 98, in, 96, in 97, McGuire had hit like 50 home runs, I think, or like 50, it's like 50 or 56. I, it, for some reason, those numbers are sticking in my head. 52. He, okay, 50, it was between Wait, in 97 like or 96? 97, 97. 97, he, he had 58 home runs. 58, okay, so he got 34 in Oakland, 24 in, yeah. in St. Louis. So... In 90, so everybody came into 98 thinking that he could chase Maris's record. Now, behind the scenes, because of how lo- ugly the strike was for MLB and its fans in 94, I can remember being playing Little League Baseball Okay, in 94, standing on first base the day that the strike happened, and all the adults were talking about it, and as a little kid, I didn't understand what was going on. I remember asking the question, like, so there's no more baseball? Right, um, bad public relations. So the story yeah. goes that Bud Seelig, who's the commissioner at the time, kind of turned his back on the use of PEDs, like out of sight, out of mind. Okay, which allowed for it. There was it wasn't regulated. They weren't tested for it. So technically, it wasn't illegal. If I remember correctly, you are correct. Right, it wasn't illegal. It wasn't, it wasn't really illegal. It wasn't talked rules. about. It wasn't tested. Nothing. It was almost like don't ask, don't tell. Right, because we all know that Jose Canseco had been juicing since he got into the league. Right, and he was Bash Brothers with Mark McGuire. So it's tr- like the the evidence kind of demands a verdict on in McGuire's case. So 98 is where it all kind of hit the head because now you have all of these guys. McGuire at 70, Sosa at 66, Griffey at 56. Who is fourth? I looked at the name and I remembered it, but I can't. Um, fourth? I don't know. I had it pulled up the other night. Um, Greg Vaughn. Who I can't remember where he played. I think, no. I, and then Albert Bell, who hit 49, okay? So you had this just explosion of home runs, which leads people to start questioning during this 98 home run race, they find these pills in Fine, McGuire's. they're just chilling in his locker. That's what I'm saying. They find they're the pills. not even hidden. That's, that's what I'm saying. They, like, okay, they see instead of find. <laughs> they see the pills. And start asking, you know, what's Andersteen Dion? What's Andersteen Dion? It's Mark McGuire, man. The dude is a freaking house. He obviously works out. He's got creatine, all this stuff sitting in there. And so the steroids were the 
don't ask, don't tell subject of Major League Baseball in 1998. And then what ends up happening is when these guys, this report comes out from Balco and all that, Bud Selig brings the hammer down. We, yeah, we should have looked into this earlier. But, and it's like, dude, you kind of gave us the wink and the nod to go ahead and do it to bring excitement back, which it did. Uh, yep. But now you're going to drop the hammer on us. Baseball revenue went up every year after 98. Yep. 98-99, it got more, it got bigger. 99-2000, it got bigger, and so on and so on. And it was all thanks to the 98 home run race. So, to actually, and thank you very much for that history lesson, AJ. It really was much appreciated, because I wanted proper context to understand what's going on here. It, it's ironic, because, and it's it's got to be, I'm assuming, because he retired in 2000, and I was pretty young still, Uh Mr. Al Bell is the one on this list that I don't really know much well, about and let me, at all. Let me cut in and tell you this. Albert Bell was also a grade-A jackass. True story. He, Good for him. He, <laughs> no, like, not camera-friendly. Not camera-friendly. Um, was Could get violent with like reporters and stuff. Big yikes. But he was, but he was a heck of a, a hitter. I can see that. So, like... I'm looking yeah. at this, and what I found interesting is I know two of the three players. I know two of them pretty well, but it's the third player that I didn't know that was actually making the most money in 1998. Uh, was? Yeah, well, well, Sammy Sosa was pretty much an unknown before 98. Yeah, before 98, Sammy Sosa was just kind of a middle-of-the-run guy. Well, Sammy Sosa's making like pretty decent. Think money David too. Ortiz before he before he went to Boston. Like, yeah, yeah he was kind of known to Minnesota, but he wasn't what Sammy he was when Sosa he went to Boston. Was I mean, he was making over eight million bucks in '98, which yeah, that, but he had also been in the league today. since he had been in the league since I think '90. '89, same 89. year, same so, year as Albert. Actually, they all right. all three of these players came in in '89, which is kind of crazy. Right. Um, but so we're talking about '98 and. I don't know much about him other than the fact that he's super right. He absolutely got robbed of MVP, actually, in 98, which is insane because – well, actually, I shouldn't say robbed. I'm saying robbed based on Sammy Sosa won MVP and – Yeah, but well, you're talking two different, different divisions, different yeah. leagues. NL and AL, they each have their own MVP. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. That's, that's fair, actually. I mean, how much better was the freaking – AL? That, man. That's what I'm trying to wonder. How much is better was the, the MVP AL? This man in 98. finished eighth. This man finished eighth. So his season was straight up better. Uh, so I, I looked at the stat line, of course, that Matt so graciously provided for us. And my first thought was, wow, if you discount home runs, which are a byproduct of a lot of luck, to be honest. Um, Juan Gonzalez won the AL MVP. The, the difference between, the, what is it, 49 home runs? Yeah. I don't have it in front of me right now. The difference between 49 home runs and 60-some home runs, I mean, it, it's luck, for sure. Like, if you're hitting that many home runs, you are Between 17 home runs? Because 49 and 66. If you hit 10 more... It's 49 and 66, which is a lot. I mean, it's the difference between, like, 33 and 50. 17. That that might be the difference playing in Comerica versus Coors. Yeah, but Wrigley Field is not a small part. I'm, I'm just saying... Uh, there's a lot and of very there's so many variables that go into hitting home runs. So many Comiskey and, and Wrigley are very comparable so parts, I, especially when old Comiskey. When you're hitting almost 50 home runs, I'm not worried about your power, right? So I'm going to start looking at everything else. And everything else, Albert Bell just wipes the field. And I'm a big strikeout guy. And I know that in the modern era, um, 
people like don't care about strikes outs anymore, which is still weird to me. Um, I get some of the math behind it, but some of it just doesn't add up, and that's where I think some of our metrics lack. Um, strikeouts kind of just don't matter anymore, but I think they do matter. And Albert Bell didn't strike out. I agree. Like, this is something he didn't do. He had 80 strikeouts no. the entire season. He had almost as many walks as strikeouts. That's wildly impressive. Like, this is very, very good. He had the best OPS, the best OPS+. plus. He, he just pounded the ball all year, and none of these guys play defense. None of them. So... I look at, I pop, peep the stat lines, and I'm like, Bell's got a really good point. I, I honestly, if I'm just looking at these three, face value, I'm going to take Bell's season, and then I go to my favorite quick looker-upper when I don't have a lot of personal uh, experience in watching to differentiate, and I look at the war, and the war backs it up. Albert had, the uh, by a decent margin, the best war that season of the three. So... I think in every case, unless you're just a home run whore and that's all you care about is that big juice number at the end. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm going to take Albert. Yeah, I – but to counter your point, like I get that. Yeah, man, not even – it's not even a good counter, so I'm not even going to because I agree with you. I would take Albert Bells. I just think that like – Having Griffey's season being as, you know, well-known and as famous, kind of like the anointed, you know, next GOAT, and had injuries not slowed him down, I think that he would very much be in that conversation. Mm, his defense, man. Yeah, you got to play defense. He's better than Bonds. He was so good on defense. Ken Griffey Jr., are you kidding me? He has some of the most iconic home well, runs dealing catches of all time. If he the ball at first, you wouldn't need to Ken go and recover Jr. it. Ken, yeah, Ken the, Griffey Jr. over his entire career. Now keep in mind he played 22 seasons. Yeah, was and got barely, injured. Was barely a plus defensive player. Barely over 22 seasons. And don't give me the. What injuries. are you using? Are you using that on DWAR? DZR. DWAR. So uh, and, and don't give me injury. He was he had one good defensive season and it wasn't great. It was it was good. So, 96. 96 so, so do you still think he's better than Bob? That, he's like league average. I mean, he's a league average defensive player. I, I don't – you don't get GOAT status or even near the conversation if you are on half the field, you're just average. Like, no thank you. All right, Can't gentlemen, I need you to table this conversation for a second. I need you to go back to the Sports Carnage chat for an extra resume that's being added to We're the argument. Fight. Oh, my God. Why are you like this? Because it's, it's so fun. much fun. Now, Why are you doing this? Mark McGuire. I, I, need to, I need to talk to AJ about this because, sorry, Paul and Ryan, you guys were well, four years old. Here's what I'll tell you. Is Troy happened. Reaver but was AJ one of the biggest reasons that the Thunder drafted Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so, for me growing up, one of the first guys I gravitated to was Mark McGuire. And Ryan, Mark McGuire oh. came into the league when I was like six years old. And came out the gate. I mean, led, I think he led the league in home runs as a rookie. He had the home, home run runs. rookie. He had the rookie home run record until yeah. Aaron Judge broke it two years ago, three years ago. He this had man, forty-nine to home me, runs, I think, as a rookie. Yeah, forty-nine home runs as a rookie. I mean, this man to me is what a baseball player looks like. The way he is built, with a big, broad chest, big arms, man, you love the had that V shape. No, Mark McGuire was that dude for me as a kid. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah. He's just what I I expected. I baseball also don't think that look at. McGuire started using towards maybe around the strike no, time. This, so he this, had. 
No, this man was built to hit home runs, and he showed he it was. out the gate. Yeah, you know, right I away. I mean, forty-nine home runs as a rookie, he wasn't juicing, and there wasn't the effects of those that first year. And he has no, he doesn't have any shame in what he calls himself a home run hitter. He's a two sixty-three no. lifetime batting average. Yeah, that's you know, he hit. I think his sophomore year, he hit two twenty. Like, I mean, it's not, pretty impressive to have almost a, a thousand career OPS, a little less, but while hitting two sixty-three, that's pretty good. But in this but year, in ninety-eight, look at ninety-eight. In, though, in ninety-eight, in this year, he hit almost three hundred. He only had five hundred and nine actual at bats. Right, because he walked one hundred and sixty. He walked had once a game. One hundred and sixty-two walks. Yeah. While having 155 strikeouts, Actually, he still walked he, more than he struck out. So he struck out once. He struck out once every game based on his games played. Yeah. He walked once, more, than more than once. once. More than once every game. His on-base percentage on his... was 752. Jeez. Seven and a half times out of ten, he is on base. His OPS was 1,200. Absolutely How did... stupid numbers that this on, man put up. In 1998. Can somebody please explain to me in any universe how Sammy Sosa won the MVP? Right. Well, and that's that's the interesting thing. So, McGuire's team that year finished at like 500. Yeah, they were not a good team. And and the Cubs, but the the Cubs Cubs made the playoffs in the last game of the season. On the last game of the season, so they counted his season as being more valuable, him being a more valuable player than McGuire was. Is, is the only way it's I can absurd. justify it. It's the only way I can justify it's it is the fact it's that... It's absurd. Although, to be man, fair... That was, so that I, was a great summer, Matt. In 98, I, one thing I will defend them is their ignorance was not their fault. The very basic statistics went into these kind of discussions. I mean, Saber metrics were still around. Bill James what? has been publishing this stuff since the 80s. Publishing it just what? didn't gain. Well, nobody cared about stuff. it, right? So it's That's voted on by the writers. They didn't care, and it's yeah, not like. And to be fair, it's not like they could go on Baseball Reference and peep it real quick. No, it's true. It was. It was not as simple and accessible. Uh, we Andrew do have baseball a lot of, almanac, man. It's easy for me to sit here in 2020, have not even watched this, and be like, "Wow, those writers are really dumb." But right. back then, it's a little different. Although I still think they're kind of dumb. So, but I. AJ, you know what gets forgotten with this 98 race? What? Is that the They Yankees did it won the, the next year, too. <laughs> they did it the very next year. The very next year, Mark McGuire hit 65 home runs, and Sammy Sosa hit 63 home runs. So they were back at it the next year to keep the the you know the baseball world just enthralled with these two guys. I don't did they get, do exactly did, what they did the year Mark before? Mark McGuire no. had a 470 on-base percentage. I guess that does. Yeah, I but forgot. On, on SportsCenter, yeah, Paul, you're the not seeing year, walks, the very you're next not seeing, year. like, this dude struck out. So like, this dude did two home runs today. 162 walks, dude. He didn't play 162 games, man. Matt, that, remember we were talking about the nostalgia aspect of mm-hmm. baseball and just how, like, I think important it is for baseball to – create that but also keep that which is why i hate all these new stadiums and all that stuff Mm -hmm. this is 98 was is that season for me oh yeah like no for me as well like i always was a a baseball fan right growing up but like 98 
that was the year like i remember like previous years before that it was and i've told you guys this before i come home from school turn on wgn it was harry Carey and steve stone and we would watch the cubs game and then we'd eat dinner and then later at night we'd turn on tbs for uh skip Carey and don sutton and they would call the braves games and we'd watch chipper jones and it was like it was awesome right i were 98 man like i was watching that that 30 for 30 and i remember the night that he broke the record because i was in bed my dad came upstairs he goes hey you want to come downstairs and watch this and i was like yes mm-hmm. i want to watch it and i saw mcguire around first base he said he did it so uh it it holds a lot of fond memories whether they you know they didn't cheat i mean they didn't break any rules right um they got thrown under the bus by Selig, in my opinion. Oh yeah. Wait, was, um, were, were steroids not illegal? No, they they didn't even they test weren't. for them, Paul. They didn't test for anything so back then. So why'd they get in trouble? Because it came out that they cheated the game. But how do you cheat the right? game if it's not a rule? But that's what I'm saying. I don't understand. That's the thing. Yeah, see, they didn't cheat the game actually. Like, no, like it's it. when it became it's when it became taking injections. And all that I, stuff. I was it was no born, longer stuff you could buy at GMC. I was born five years, like, too late to experience this as it happened. And oh, yeah. it's – today, like, I get it. Like, if you're juicing, like, it's clearly a no and it's whatever. But how can you – It's when it moved from, like Matt how said. How can you draw a line Andrew Steen, you didn't draw a line in the rules? Well, and- Andrew Dion was something you could buy over the counter, right? Yeah. Roger Clemens well, taking it in the ass with a needle was something yeah. different. But it's, it, it doesn't matter to me. If it's not against the rules, who cares? Like I Well, I think – well, here's the thing, though. I think that by the time – right around – you know, we were talking about 99 with Barry Bonds and stuff like that. I would imagine that they had in, inputted into the rules. Uh, because Balco wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't – you know, how can they test for steroids if it's not against the rules? How can you be suspended for PEDs if it's not against the rules? So at some point between 98 and this Balco fiasco, which I – Matt, do you remember? Was that was that like Bal- maybe mid-2000s? Balco was, yeah, Balco was early 2000s. Yeah, like 2003 Like, like three, four, five, yeah, somewhere okay. in that area. Yeah, so but somewhere between those two years, 98 and whenever Balco happened – it obviously got put into the rule book about injections. Um, I'd have to look though. I'm I'm curious to know if if injection steroids were against the rules at that time. They just didn't test for it. Man. I need a reduced. Oh, here you go. Steroids made it to baseball's banned substance list in '91. Testing for major league players did See, not begin until baited. 2003. Now I was baited. What do you mean? It was against the rules. It was a what? It was against the rules. Not Andrustine a... Dione. It yeah. wasn't. Steroids were. Yeah, Andrustine was something that Mark McGuire started taking to get back from injury. It's That's now on he, the banned list. He but was hurt in 97. Yeah. Was it 97? No, no, sorry. It was hurt. He started taking it in 95. He was hurt in 94. He had back-to-back years of being Mm -hmm. injured. He only played 27 games in 93, 47 games in 94. So coming off those back-to-back injuries, he was looking for ways to be able to avoid this again. 
And that's when he started finding stuff at GNC, like creatine and like androstine, to be able to help him stay healthy and finish the season or at least get close to it. Yeah. wonder if he's walking into GNC, like, give me the stuff that'll let me hit more home runs. Well, it wasn't let me hit more home runs. It was... It it was give me some. It, it's the same thing that Andy Pettit said when he admitted to taking steroids. It wasn't about performance. It was about staying on the field. Andy didn't recovery. take steroids. He took HGH. <laughs> well, okay. Well, he did. He that he be he would hammer but that for point these guys, over them, like, I didn't cheat doing X. Like for these guys, and I would either right. Right, but I would even I would even argue that. Allegedly for Barry Bonds, like it wasn't about let me break the home run record, so let me hit home runs and inject steroids into my myself. It was let me lengthen my career so I can make as much money as possible. Let me recover from injury. Because I lot think faster. he almost looked at, like, um, and obviously I don't have an inside track into Barry Bonds' mind, but this all happened after '98. And I think he looked at Sosa and McGuire like, I'm way better than, because like, he's already a multiple-time MVP by then. I think he's looking at those dudes like, I'm way right. better than them, and I do have power. Right, I'm hitting 40. It's possible. On track for 50 home runs some years. And he's like, let me just let me just assert my dominance right here real quick. And, the, and then I he, also got, think he, that, got a, he only did it for I one year, that, ball going off the park, going into McCovey Cove. He only he only really asserted that he that's the thing with Bonds he has that one outstanding yeah but then year it's of like forty nine and forty five and, and forty five obviously it's seventy three like, yeah like exactly crazy he doesn't top, he doesn't top fifty after that or before that yeah but after he broke that records when they started walking like crazy I mean the I dude has six hundred eighty eight intentional walks in his career oh yeah no he's stupid it's stupid numbers walking in with the, the only thing that like. He had, he had 370 the year after he had 73 home runs. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I. They say that there was a lot of revisionist history in that long-gone summer. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, revisionist uh, in what way? I don't remember. I just saw the headline. I was like, I'm not even going to read this because so, uh, I don't uh, want to uh, read it. A prominent sports right? talk like, radio host in the city. Uh, he said they only spent about ten minutes on steroids. I did not see the documentary. Is that true? Uh, yeah, yeah that's, at the very that, end, that's what he said. They and talked that was about his the big criticism with it. That they yes. only spent ten minutes on steroids. Yeah, because but these guys, it, was, it, it wasn't focused on. steroids. It wasn't it the was focus focused. at all in '98. And the Andrustine Dione stuff was the focus, but it wasn't the focus until McGuire was already at like. 55 home runs. Yeah. And in reality, again, I go back to the argument and the premise that the steroids were not used to hit home runs. The steroids were used to be kept on the field and recover faster because of how much of a grind the baseball uh, season is. I, yeah. I, I wanted it, to defer no games. I, I have to say this. 162 games. You crazy. I have to say this continually to people on Facebook in these baseball groups that, like, oh God, why there is no. Because because I because because here's why Matt because they they put I engage sometimes sometimes I don't but in the times I do they'll post something like Mike Trout for instance a picture of Mike Trout is he the goat well first of all that's not a question we can answer right now second of all the the very first comment on there is somebody going oh he's on roids and it's like 
So duh. If this is our default position, then stop watching the game. Right. Right. Because like, there is no magic pill that allows your eye to control your hand to hit the ball better. Because if there were, those people would be billionaires. Right. For people that want their sons and kids would be yeah. taking those pills There's, from like age twelve. Like this ain't limitless. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It, there's nothing that improves hand-eye coordination. That was so I wasn't, movie, I wasn't alive obviously that was during the time, movie. and I don't want to cut you guys off. But I do want to. Uh, well, I was alive. I just wasn't definitely into baseball. Um, I, I want to ask you, Matt and AJ, like when McGuire and Sosa and dudes who hadn't put up 60 home runs before, once they hit like 50 or 55, was there a feeling in the air like, oh, something's up? Like maybe you didn't know what it was, but it was like, hey, no. <laughs> like this is this isn't normal. Well, you got to remember, McGuire came into the league hitting fifty nine. That was in the life. Forty nine, forty nine, forty nine. I'm sorry, he came into the league his 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 freshman year as a rookie, forty nine home runs. Then again, he hit forty two and ninety two. He was hurt in ninety three. He hit fifty two and ninety six, fifty eight and ninety seven. And then he hit 70, and then the next year he hit 65. After that, he only played two more years in the bigs. And, and that's so the like, thing, is that, you know, coming into that 98 year, the talk was Griffey and McGuire because they both hit 56 home runs the year before. Yes. It was, can they catch can, Maris this year? Can they catch Maris? And that was the same thing that happened when Maris was chasing the babe. Right? So, so anytime you get to those numbers – People start to ask questions. I, th- I mean, I think they were even like, I'm sure, I don't know for a fact, except for what I've seen in the movie 61, which is another fantastic movie, by the way, filmed in Tiger Stadium. Love FYI. 61. Um, but I'm sure that there were people questioning the source of Roger Maris's power. And it was interesting because we had no sooner just talked about Maris last week than that this long gone summer came out. And they said, you know, you know, Dad's only really remembered for having one great season and kind of considered a flash in the pan, which was legitimately what we had said like two, yeah. two days earlier, which, you know, arguably you can make a case for. But to go back to Ryan's point, like I think that when you when people start to approach the – deified numbers of the greats of the past you've got to find a way to kind of protect your monuments right which is why up until i don't know how long how long ago you had an asterisk next to the 61 in in the record book because maris did it in more games than ruth did and they, Maris never saw that asterisk removed from the record book either. He died before they removed and, it. And yeah, then, which is just ridiculous. Yeah. And also, Ryan, something because to think about. I was, I was sixteen in '98. AJ, you were what? Yeah, give your age. Do it. Um, do it. Jesus, do how it. old are you? I would have been. I would have been. Wait, you're four years older than me, so I'd have been twelve. Okay, yeah. So you were twelve. I was sixteen in nineteen ninety eight. There isn't social media. The closest huh. thing you got at that point is AIM. <laughs> AOL was on its dying AIM. at that point. Yep. There was no MySpace yet. There was Baseball no Weekly, yet. man. There was a so, there was a publication. My dad would deliver USA Today at the at the airport, and they came out with these huge 
print publications. The, the thing you were on the Weekly. cover of, right? And any yeah. ones that were extra, I was never <laughs> on the cover of it. Thanks, though, Ryan. Uh, man, we would get those Got all the time, for you, boy. and that was the way that you could kind of check in on stuff. But so, if there was any whispers about, yeah. you know, what's going on here, we weren't hearing it. A 12-year-old <laughs> and AJ, a 16-year-old and me, we man, weren't hearing that for sure. No. St. Louis. And it's not in, because we weren't reading the papers. It, it's, not in a, it's not in SI for Kids, which we're reading uh, at that point. Oh, my brother. Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> Damn right, me too. Um, it wasn't Anthony on Anthony Hardaway Center. and Little Penny on the cover of, I think, the first one I ever got, <laughs> so man. I'm just Little trying Little Penny, voiced by Spike older. Lee. I'm just trying to figure out who's older. It is. Matt and Don. It, well, so Don's Don is in older. the Discord. I do have one more question for you guys, though. Uh, how long until Troy Weaver gets the Pistons back in the playoffs? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know who oh, Troy Weaver is, so I'm going to say 10 years. I'm gonna say four to five. I'm gonna say three he's, years. Um, he, it's not. He is the new Pistons general manager, AJ. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's he was not, Oklahoma not City. We he's have right some young talent. Other oh, right hand man. A lot of it depends. So he'll on get him to early exits in the playoffs. <laughs> yes, yes, early exits. A lot of it depends on what happens to like. Blake Griffin's I'm, I'm just so excited. Among other God. things, like yeah, I, I was it, honestly just so kidding though. I thought I thought I mean, Matt would would dead it right away. I didn't expect actual answers. No. <laughs> well, it's a great hire. I mean, we don't we're not going to spend a lot of time. No, we're not. We're, no, we're not. We're not going to get. We're not going to get into tonight because we're already we, at two well, we hours. We can get definitely get into to it tomorrow because they made a better hire than should have been possible, in my opinion. I don't True think story. I don't think the job, what the job actually is, is attractive enough to attract a GM candidate that is as well thought of as Troy. Now, I want to be clear. I don't. The money know. is. <laughs> the money is attractive. That's true. In Michigan, very underplaced, underrated. Longest place to Coke live. deals keep going very down. Very underrated place. Yeah, to yeah, live, no, no Corona right I, now. It's a, a big selling point. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, everyone loves this dude. And everyone thinks like he's a fantastic talent evaluator, which obviously we are in dire need of. So I, you, you got your new GM. Hopefully he will be given most of the reins to actually do his job. And now we have hope. And it's not going to matter for next year or the year after, but we have hope that hopefully we can build something. And by the time we are ready to contend in five to seven years – the landscape is going to be completely different in the LeBron's of the world, or not even. Have, have they anymore. not had a general manager no, since? No, uh, it was just uh, the, nope. the, the last left. year they haven't had a general manager. Stan Van was their last general manager, but it feels like it's been about yeah, a decade. So we have not had. <laughs> yeah, we have since not Stan had Van Gundy was the general assistant manager. to like the owner, and he acted as general manager. We have not had a real GM since Dumar. Well, right? I mean, Stan Van was a GM, like that was part of his job. That's what, but I don't. He's not real yeah, to they, me. They like gave Stan Van that if, that if Bill he has Belichick that power role. And he's coaching. No, that doesn't count. Because he was Belichick. making trades. And that was and he immediately trades. He made right? shit ass free agent signs. Yeah, but he made damn good album covers. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, ooh, Matt, so fire, so fire. Hey, but like, yeah. uh, Andy gave know, us four months. But there's hope. I mean, there's hope. It doesn't even like I don't even and it's in it, the thing is like it's it's the best guy you could have gotten. So not only is there hope just because you got somebody and it's new and fresh, but they made the best hire they could. So even if it doesn't work out, you can't fault them. They made a very good decision. It, like that's all I want the Lions to do. That's all I've asked the Lions to do for 
a goddamn century, it feels like. Is they did. Just make the best GM hire you can. And then what happens, happens, and we'll address it at that point. But do the thing. And they haven't done that. Like, literally, since I've been alive, so they have This is not just for that. you guys, because by the time the podcast come out, comes out, it's not going to matter. Tomorrow, I'm going to be on DSN, quote-unquote, reacting to the Troy Weaver hire. Although, it'll be... No, I, basically a day old officially by then. Um, but I have some, I have some thoughts, and I'm very, very excited about. Oh, you're doing, you're doing Facebook Live. Yeah, my my what my first one in years. Uh, probably around noon or so. Around noon. Yeah. I'll try and I'll try and jump on and uh and and, and throw you some shit. But I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 excited about it, and I'll I'll get to it then. And these people again. One by the time the podcast comes out. Is is gonna be old news already? You can go back and view it, I guess, and it'll already be done. It'll actually be up on our YouTube by then, so go check that out. Sports Carnage doc, Sports Carnage at YouTube. All right, so real quick before we close out the show, uh, we were all in agreement that Albert Bell had the best resume of this. Oh no, give, season. give me Sammy. Give me Sammy Slugger. You want Sammy? I do. Okay. Stop it. Leave him alone. It's his choice. Give give me those 17 home runs. That's the difference between 23 and 40. You're taking Brandon Age. I'm taking Miguel Cabrera. We're we're running. Although McGuire had a better season. Stop jumping. Just answer the damn question that I asked. (laughs) Albert Bell, Sammy Sosa, Ken Griffey Jr. Which one are you taking? McGuire. You just let me get to my thing that I was – you you specifically added yes. him, but I, Albert Bell easily. No, he Albert added Bell. him for discussion. Albert right, Bell. And AJ. Yeah, I I think that like when I saw that headline that you sent me, and I had seen it on you know oh, line two, I was like, this guy's just seeking attention. And then he showed me those numbers, and I'm like, I think he's actually right. So yeah, I'm in agreement with Albert Bell. I think he had a better year than Sosa did. All right, then I threw in the wild card at the very, very end. So whose resume are you taking for '98? Albert Bell for you two, or Sosa for Ryan, or Mark McGuire? Sosa, baby. The the girls, because I won't use a derogative term. The girls love Sosa. Uh, (laughs) Hey, Matt got it. That's all I I wanted. Landslide. Like, there's no so. The, the three that you had posted, there was like, it made sense. Like, there was dialect and conversation. You When you add McGuire's numbers. Dialogue, makes... not dialect. We didn't change the way <laughs> we spoke. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Dialogue. My bad. Dialogue. When you add McGuire into the mix, it can't be a conversation. His numbers were so much better than everyone else's. Yeah. And you can't even cry home Oh, I, I know Don's laughing if he's still so, listening. You can't cry ever. Yes, What's that? So I know Don's laughing if he's still listening to the dialogue oh, yeah. comment. His average, his average was hardly less than Sosa's though, and his on base percentage was like a hundred points higher. Like it's not. They didn't make a no song argument. about McGuire. None. And Zero. he walked on average at least once a game, more or more. More than once a game, 162 yeah. walks in 155 games. How is that possible? Right. What that, are you doing? I mean, I was glad to add this last little topic because it got us to Sports Carnage Bingo oh. of Paul Roshan either mispronouncing oh. a word or using the wrong word oh, like he did with dialect versus dialogue. <laughs> so with that, Ryan, we should wrong. keep a card. It came out wrong. We should keep a card. <laughs> Ryan, do the thing. All right. So make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter, which is at Sports Carnage Podcast on Facebook, uh, just at Sports, at Sports Carnage Podcast as well. 
on YouTube, like I said, we will be having a new video for the first time in a very long time the next day reacting to Troy Weaver. We're not able to get to it on this podcast, but I promise there will be a whole Facebook Live dedicated to it. So if you guys are a fan of us, make sure you go back and check it out because the time that this airs, it'll already be on. And then make sure that you guys are rating us too. Uh, give us five stars because in the illustrious words of Bomani Jones, if you give us four stars, I am inclined to believe that you are a hater. That is straight from him. <laughs> not a not a Ryan Griffin original. I, I wish it was, but the same concept applies. Give us, give us five stars on podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Podbean as well. And make sure that you guys are doing everything that you can to make sure that we're putting out as much sports carnage podcast as possible. For Ryan Griffin, AJ Riley, Paul Roshan, I'm Matt Basson. Thank you for spending a couple of hours with us tonight. We are Sports Carnage, and we'll be back with y'all next week.